War Room the Hockey Podcast, episode 67 this week. We are um, back in studio. Finally. We, um, if you've been following social, if you've been following social media, um, we um, have had some uh, equipment issues uh, that hopefully um, are fixed, or we know how to fix um, if they happen again. So we are we're hopefully set with that. I want to know. I want everybody to know that this was a technical issue so profound that even I couldn't fix it. Hmm. I tried everything. I whapped the thing on the side. <laughs> I, I put duct tape on it. I squirted WD-40 in it. I tried everything. This was a this was a real stumper. Well, episode 67 this week um, feels like we're many weeks behind now, um, but episode 67, 67 episodes is still a good amount for us so far. Um, obviously, uh, we could talk about a lot, Um We'll try not to in- insult our listeners at all, who I'm sure are well aware of um, the happenings uh, between our last episode and now uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Stanley Cup champions, um, the different offseason moves, the draft, all that stuff. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere going first overall. Um, but we will uh, cover a number of topics that have happened not only um, this morning, the day of recording, but also... Um, the winners and losers this week of of what we see through the offseason thus far. Additions and, and subtractions for the different teams, uh, whether they win or lose, amongst a couple of other headlines um, and topics. So we're just, uh, this week, to get caught up, we're just going to jump right into it. A um, couple headlines. Um, first of all, uh, draft pick Mitchell Miller um, has been uh, renounced. His rights have been renounced by the Arizona Coyotes. Um, and University of North Dakota Division One Hockey, um, they have removed him from their team. He's no longer a part of that team. Um, thought the thoughts on that because it's a it's one of those things where I think we can all agree as human beings, uh, not to get political, but any type of uh, bullying or treatment that he is accused of or um, or actually did. Again, um, I have yet to read a report that it's been substantiated, but um, the things that he's accused of say they did happen, uh, are not right. They're not good. Nope. Um, no, no, defense. are there, are the repercussions that he's facing correct? Are they justified thoughts, thoughts on it? Um, I, I, there's, there's a couple of things that occurred to me here. One, what, from what I know, which is at a great distance right now, from what I know, the, the victim in this case, this has been several years ago the victim was a uh, a challenged kid mentally and physically challenged and he was black so he had the trifecta going no excuses for it no defense of what happened but but the story comes out and i've seen this reported several times the story comes out that he was bullying a black kid never mind the the physical and and mental challenges of this young man it was always a black kid, which is a very popular, that, that one really sells a lot of copy right now. So no defense of what this kid did. I thought at first, here we go again, making another big story out of ancient history. Why not? Why does this guy not get a shot at redemption? Why, do we, why does this kid never get another second chance to play hockey again? But then at the same time, I thought, if I'm a, if I'm a really good hockey player, 
and I'm a university level or major junior level hockey player, and I'm a really good guy, why does this guy get a chance and I don't? So if you have a chance to take two guys, one of them's Mitchell Miller, who's, who's pretty good, and another guy who's pretty good, the tie goes to the good kid. Right. We talk about character all the time. Oh, 100%. The and I, so yeah. I'm, I'm okay with this, the way this happened. I, I don't like it because it's another one of those in that big melting pot of, of uh, racial issues, which don't really exist and, and all the other things in hockey. But this is hockey policing itself, and I'm okay with it. He yep. deserves what he got. Yep. I, I 100%. I agree. I, again, not to get off traffic not to get off topic, excuse me, but um, I don't think the racial issues exist in the game of hockey the no. way that they're claiming. No. That being said, um, one of the things that I um, don't agree with is, again, like you said, the idea that through all this, never once was there a headline that he bullied uh, an innocent boy with Down syndrome or, right. or things like that, which is horrendous. Those oh. to do that to to anybody, no matter the race, but to do that with, to somebody with challenges like that, who arguably, let's be real here, people like that are arguably some of the sweetest people in the world oh, with Down syndrome and sure. things like that. So to do that is horrendous in and of itself. So why you had to cut that out and just make it about the the boy's race i don't like that being that being said i do agree with the fact that the arguments about how expensive it is to play the game or not hockey has a long-standing tradition of having of having the most if if not some of the most down-to-earth humble athletes and human beings that participate in it no matter race no matter anything like that no matter country that what country they come from whether it's russia or canada or anywhere they're all down to earth not all most are down to earth humble people and to uphold something like that i think is one of the most important things and to allow a kid who um who did this to this poor boy with these disabilities and as far as I know, never once apologized or showed remorse for doing it to allow him to come in and represent your community, your, yep. your hockey community and make millions of dollars one day and do all these things, um, just doesn't fit with the, the code of conduct, if you will, that, that has been through the history of the game of hockey as to the attitudes and the personalities and the types of human beings that step foot in the game, no matter Correct. the race. Correct. Um, so, and, and there's it, a lot of pride in that. Eh? And so on that basis, I a hundred percent agree with the game policing itself and this, um, kid being removed. Yep. I'm um, okay with it. I, I think it's a shame that, that something like that costs a kid maybe an entire career, but these are the thought processes that you have to you have to go through before you do something like that. And I see no excuse for letting that happen. I see no excuse for a guy being raised in such a way that he thinks that's okay. And I'm there are too many good guys out there to let this stain the yeah. culture in hockey. Now, what I what I will say is again, totally different topic. But what I will say is, I, what I don't like is that this there's a no win situation with this, and that is. <laughs> Um, everything throughout uh, the playoffs and through the offseason so far um, that the league has done to right some wrongs and be on uh, the right side of it when it comes to 
um, equality and race issues, right? Yeah. The league's done. The league has tried, yeah. and and they've put out statement. They've done things arguably the way they should be done, and what I mean is there's no winning because um, the Hockey Diversity Alliance wants Colin Kaepernick type treatment. They right. want they want the league to sign this. Um, what what do they call it? This not petition this. A, no, this, this agreement or whatever yeah. it's called. Yep. Um, they want the, every team to wear blackout yeah. jerseys during warmups that represent blacks. And they want That's, all these different things. And I would argue that what they want is exactly what the league is doing. And it's what the league has always done. The league has always done it. And, so that's what I mean. There's no winning. So now, not only the Arizona Coyotes, but the league has done tremendous things with Mitchell Miller. Yep. And there's no winning. They don't, the, the Hockey Diversity Alliance doesn't applaud it. None of these things, none of these things are appreciated. Um, so it's we, one of those things where extra. you, yeah, it's we one want, of these things where you move the goalposts. Yeah. Right. You're just moving the goalposts. And so there's no winning. So I I personally applaud the league for what they're doing. I agree that um, the the game itself is a little expensive, and and there needs there needs to be um, better inclusion for for blacks in the game. Um, Nobody's you know, ever said they can't play. Well, the, Nobody's it, ever exactly. said anybody can't that's, play. That's what that, ever. That's what I'm saying. Um, and the league has done tremendous things. They've put money now toward. Um, I don't know if you saw that statement uh, a couple months ago. They've put money now toward inner city communities and towards these different things to help create opportunities for young kids to be able to skate and to do these things. Um, they're they're having a tremendous response to Mitchell Miller. Yep. They they've done things tremendously, but because they don't do it the way the NBA does it with these social justice statements on the back of jerseys God. and all these different things, all of a sudden now there's no winning. Nope. And so personally, I just want to take a second to applaud the league for how they're handling it. They're doing a tremendous job like they always have. Yep. But yep. now that it's brought to the forefront of headlines and, and attention, uh, they're doing a tremendous job. So I applaud it. Don't uh, ever sign that stupid uh, diversity alliance thing. Don't well, ever they've sign now, that they've, stupid thing. They've now come out and said they're going to act... Um, independently of the NHL, because the NHL is not good do, doing things how they how they want. Um, but Perfect. anyways, that being said, we're gonna we're gonna transition now. There's something you wanted to talk about money wise, correct? Well, um, real quick. Yeah, we talk about money a lot on this uh, on this show. We we talk about the cap and and production and you know all the things that go into running the show. And now you're you're seeing the consequences of this ridiculous shutdown, which is another thing that we shouldn't we shouldn't go into. But now kids' careers are over. Kids are not having a place to play. The OHL's taken body checking out, which is awful. And you're seeing the the money effects in the amount of free agents who are not signing, the amount of money that guys are getting. When they do sign, Tyson Berry being a great example, uh, you're seeing teams that have no choice in a flat cap now for the next two or three years. Teams have no choice but to pay the guys less, and it's it's just bad timing. If you waited until this year to be become a UFA, that's that sucks for you. That's that's just a shame. Nobody's saying that a guy like Tyson Berry is only worth what do you get three and a half in Edmonton. 
Nobody says that based on his production over the last five years, but he's worth that today. That's what the, that's what today's value is because of the flat cap. It's not like they're trying to cheat him out of anything. There is no money. The well is dry, and there doesn't appear to be any money going to come in from the gate. So there is nothing you can do. UFAs, RFAs, everybody's paying the price for it, and the teams are paying a price. So all this money is coming out of somewhere, and it, and everybody's suffering because of it. And you see, especially in arbitration, there's been, what, 30 or 40 arbitration cases scheduled, and only Tyler Bertuzzi went actually through the process because arbitration doesn't take the flat cap into account. They're going to base it solely on prior data, on historical data. So his production goals and assists over the last couple of years and compare him to similar stats in the league, and they're going to say this is what he's worth. That's what he's been worth in... 19 and 20 but in 21 and 22 that's not what he's worth so yeah. nobody wants to go to arbitration i mean no no teams want to go to arbitration that's why they're settling beforehand no agreed agreed so um anyways uh welcome again to episode 70 76 67 of war in the hockey podcast uh we are back after our equipment issues and um our hiatus um which I personally enjoyed a little bit to uh, just enjoy uh, family time and enjoy other priorities. Um, so it was a nice built-in break along with um, trying to figure out the equipment issues as we get into um, the holiday season and baby on the way and different things like that. Um, I'd say we didn't miss much. Yes, we, we were off air during the cup final. And yes, we were off air during free agency. But it's not it's not been terribly eventful and it's not as of today it is you know there's no more news to break necessarily so we go back through and review the teams show what you know talk about what everybody's done who got better who got worse and um kind of review what we've been missing over uh, what we've you know seen happen anyway over the last two or three years uh, months yep agreed so we're gonna again jump right into it get caught up um for everybody uh we're going to go team by team real quick just run through it uh whether they are winners or losers of the off season thus far uh we're going to start up top uh anaheim anaheim ducks uh they lost let's we'll start with subtractions they lost uh kevin boyle uh signed in detroit uh kyle chris cuolo signed in detroit Kiefer sherwood to colorado max gortz uh signs in germany chris weidman in the khl uh, as lo- along with Joel Person, um, or Pearson, uh, Devin Sitteroff, uh signs in Austria. Uh, they also, but on the addition side, they added Kevin Shattenkirk. Uh, they added Derek Grant, uh, Chase DeLeo, Andy Walensky. Uh, they re-signed Andrew Potorowski, and uh, they brought. They have uh, Vinny Lettieri, or uh, yeah, Lettieri, um, coming in as well. Um, Winner or loser there for Anaheim um, based on where they were last year and the additions compared to subtractions. They needed a puck-moving right-shot defenseman, and they got that in Shattenkirk. They've got physical uh, with Manson, and and they've got Fowler on the left. They now legitimately have a top pair, and so they needed to replace the loss of Sammy Vatanen and especially needed to rebuild from the loss of... uh, of uh, the defenseman that they lost in the expansion draft to Vegas. I'm drawing a blank on his name now. 
Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore, who is now, I would consider, easily in the top handful of defensemen in all of the game. So they needed to do that. They made some steps. I'd give them a moderate raise, uh, a moderate thumbs up on what they did in the offseason. Typical Bob Murray didn't do a lot. But what he did do, I think, made them modestly better. Arizona, um, some things to note for Arizona. Again, Mitchell Miller, uh, his rights were renounced. Uh, They were also sanctioned uh, a few draft picks and fined for um, tampering. Um, And they lost the GM right through the combine. Chaika kind of pulled a Patrick Waugh and cup up and just kind of left. So they've had some outs, not including some of their subtractions, which to me are key subtractions. Um, Taylor Hall. Taylor Hall to Buffalo. Brad Richardson is a key subtraction for for them. He was a kind of a, a grinding, gritty guy there in the bottom six. He Did they resign him? He went to Nashville. Oh, he went. Okay. I um, saw he signed. I didn't pay attention to where he went. Vili Sarijarvi, again, uh, kind of butchering that. Uh, he signs in Finland. And uh, Vinny Hinestrosa goes to Florida. Oh, my. Um <laughs> Don't get me started there. Key, subtra- key subtractions. Uh, Vinny Hinestrosa, one of their leaders, uh, goes to Florida. Um, Brad Richardson, another guy in Nashville. To me, those are the two keys because it was kind of a safe assumption Taylor Hall was going to be gone. Right. Uh, so uh, he carries weight. He's a he's a star, but he doesn't. He's not as big of a loss as a, a Richardson or Hinestrosa. Um, but they did bring in uh, Tyler Pitlick, uh, John Hayden. Uh, they re-signed Jordan Gross, brought in Dryden Hunt, Johan Larson, and re-signed Christian Fisher. Um, again, not a whole lot coming back in no. that really stands out. Um, but this is a team in some disarray. Losing Cheka, uh, you know, I mean, God bless Rick Tockett. He's a heck of a coach, as we've talked about on here several times. One of the top guys in the league. Uh, they just, he doesn't have the horses to to deal with he doesn't have he doesn't have the stable uh so it's going to be tough going there i mean he probably going to get as much out of that team as anybody could but i would put them near the bottom of the team transactions through this uh, through the off season so far and they're and they, shopping kemper so yeah so it, they don't I, they apparently can't decide if they're in a rebuild or not they've got a couple of nice pieces but We'll get to this as we talk more about both conferences. There are teams that got better, I would say, improved over last year, but they got better slow. They got better slower than the teams around them. Yeah. Pittsburgh being one, I think they improved for over last year's team, but they didn't improve as much as a handful of other teams in the East. And Vancouver, Winnipeg, same way in the West, and Vegas. You get better, but you actually lose ground. Yep. Yep, agreed. Uh, moving on to Boston. So Boston lost Troy Krug. Uh, big loss there. They lost uh, Maxime Legacy to Pittsburgh. Um, Peter Salarik, again, butchering the name most likely, uh, goes to Sweden. And Joachim Nordstrom goes to Calgary. Those are their subtractions. Uh, moving to the additions, they added Craig Smith from Nashville. Uh, they uh, re-signed uh, Jacob Zaborl. Uh, they brought in Greg McKegg, Callum Booth, re-signed Kevin Miller, re-signed Matt Grizzlick, uh, brought in Carson Kuhlman, or brought in, re-signed him, and re-signed uh, Zach Seneshin. 
Sinition. Sinition. Yeah. Um, re-signed him. And um, so Boston Bruins, winners or losers? Um, I, I just can't. Or, do, or did they kind of, do we need to, before we get too far into too many teams, do we need to create another category where they kind of stood pat? Yeah. They, based I was, on where, based on how how it balances out. I I really don't like the loss of Tory Krug. They didn't replace him. And believe it or not, even though he's a Euro I don't like the loss of Nordstrom. He's he's a good, solid middle six guy, and they didn't replace him. So I don't like what they did. I think they got moderately worse, which just tickles me. But nonetheless, uh, I don't think they I don't think they helped themselves at all. So I put them in, in easily in the group that treaded water, if not maybe got significantly worse. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say they're worse. I'd say to me they stood pat. They're kind of, they didn't go one way or the other. They kind of just, they brought in enough, enough to just kind of be where they were. Yep. Um, which you could argue maybe is not the bad thing for Boston, considering they've competed year in and year out nonetheless. So why rock the boat too much until you have to, right? Right. So until you you prove that you need to start doing that, why not just do enough to just stand pat with your core guys so um again so based on that maybe they're a winner but I, i'm gonna say they stood pat so it's not a winner or a loser um buffalo uh buffalo lost johan larson uh wayne simmons jimmy vc uh dalton smith and scott wilson um two of those got, uh, gentlemen went to toronto uh, dalton smith the ahl scott wilson to florida johan larson arizona like we uh, mentioned they brought in taylor hall uh, re-signed Zemgis Jurgensen's, uh, brought in Tobias Reeder, uh, re-signed Brandon Montour, brought in Cody Eakin, Brandon Davidson, Stephen Fogarty, uh, re-signed Sam Reinhart, and Casey Nelson. Um, to they, me, to me, uh, Buffalo is an anomaly. To me, they're they're strange because um, you could argue they they were a, a competitive team after drafting Jack Eichel. Um, having Sam Reinhart, um, Casey Jeff Middlestead Skinner. bringing in Jeff Skinner, um, things like that, but they just haven't found their footing. No. Um, the question to me will be, um, ultimately, is Taylor Hall the piece that you need to to compete? And based on their struggles, they needed more than just the one piece. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the flat cap affects a lot of those things, but they needed more than just the one piece. Um, unlike a team like, say, maybe Colorado, who can get away with, and we'll discuss them in a minute, but who can get away with one or two pieces and officially be over the hump type of thing. Buffalo to me, isn't over the hump with just Taylor Hall. No. Um, which it makes, it, which then makes, did they waste, did they waste it on a one-year contract to where he goes elsewhere after this coming year? Because again, anything's possible, but I just don't see Buffalo competing just with Taylor Hall. So a turnaround? No. Uh, and then this is going to come out just sounding plain mean, but if if what happens to Taylor Hall this year? is the same thing that happens to everybody else when they go to Buffalo in the last 10 years. They're going to, they're not even, you know, they're going to be out of the playoffs easily. So I don't think he is a turnaround piece there. He's going to help, but I'm not convinced of them at any other place on the ice. Eichel and Hall, Reinhardt, if Skinner has a good uh, bounce back year, maybe they'll score a few goals, but I'm not convinced of their goaltending or their defense. 
we'll see. So did uh, they stand pat then? Yeah. Based yeah. on where they were last year, they just kind of yep. stood pat. They, not a not a big deal there. Yeah. Uh, Calgary. Much better. Calgary got better. Well, did they? Did they get better? You think? Well, um, did they win or lose, or did or, uh, they lost T.J. Brody? He signed in Toronto. Uh, Austin Zarnick went to the Island. Derek Forbert in Winnipeg. Eric Gustafson went to Philly. Um, Alan Quinn went to Edmonton. Tobias Reeder to Buffalo. Cam Talbot to Minnesota. Uh, John Gillies to St. Louis. Ryan Lomberg, Florida. Mark Jankowski, Pittsburgh. Andrew Nielsen went to Austria. Um, they brought in uh, Jacob Markstrom, goaltender. Um, Chris Tanev, Louis Domingue. Glenn Godden was re-signed. Zach Renalva re-signed. Um, Byron Frozy re-signed. Uh, Buddy Robinson re-signed. Andrew Mangiapani re-signed. Brought in Joachim, Joachim Nordstrom, Dominic Simone, uh, Nikita Nesterov. Haven't heard his name in a while. He signs in Calgary along with Josh Levo. Um, they pick up Levo uh, and Nordstrom. Which they brought is- in a lot of Vancouver. Yeah. Which was the the... The humor going around so far this off season was that if you can't beat them, join them. Right. So bring in all of the Vancouver kids. But I love I love the addition of Tanev, uh, Nordstrom, and and Levo are both good depth pieces up front. Losing Brody is a hit. That's not good. That's and and I don't like the loss of Travis Hamanick either. And it doesn't appear that he's coming back to Calgary. He's still floating in UFA. He's but, still floating. He's not officially gone yet, but he's um, he, he from odds are he's not coming back. To odds are he's not coming back. Yeah, I, I actually on a on a side note, partly related. I I would be shocked if he doesn't go to Winnipeg. He's a Manitoba kid. Wants to be near home. They need a right shot defenseman. It's a matter of money. I think that's where he wants to be. But uh, I think they got better just because they shored up their goaltending so much. And if you could make the argument that that uh, the loss of Brody is somewhat offset with the addition of Tanev, that yeah, maybe they maybe they did get better. They get quite a bit better. To me, uh, I'll be surprised if they're not competing uh, at the top of the West. So are we saying they're a winner then? Yep. Okay, Calgary's a winner. Uh, Carolina. Carolina uh, lost Anton Forsberg. Uh, he went to Edmonton. Trevor Van Riemsdyk to Washington. Justin Williams retired. Uh, Callum Booth to Boston. Um, Oliver Kalski went to uh, KHL. And Brian Gibbons went to St. Louis, or St. Louis, Switzerland. Um, they brought in Jesper Faust, uh, Joachim Ryan, re-signed Clark Bishop, uh, re-signed Gustum Forling, Formling, um, Stephen Lorentz re-signed, Spencer Smallman re-signed, uh, brought in Jeremy Bracco, uh, David Gust, uh, Sheldon Rempal, uh, signed Drew Shore. Having he's been in the KHL, uh, brought him in, uh, and they signed Antoine Bibo. I don't see them losing or adding any pieces that really matter. So and I mean, no disrespect pat. to those guys, but yeah, I don't think they made a. I don't think they made a significant change. They didn't really they lose, didn't, but they didn't really win either. No. So they they stand pat. We'll they, say we'll say they stood. They pat. they stayed right where they were. <laughs> Only thing they lost was a lot of ink and paper. Yeah. So they stood pat. Chicago. This is the big one. We'll have to talk about with Chicago in the offseason oh. if we really wanted to, based on how uh, their core guys have been acting a little bit um, this offseason with things. Yeah. Um, we could we could maybe touch on that because it's relevant, but yep. that might take 
uh, a little bit of time if we carry on too much. Ultimately, um, before we get into the additions attractions, Chicago has made no secret about it that they are officially either are going to or wanting to officially tear apart and rebuild, um, which has upset Taves, Kane, Keith, and Seabrook, their core guys. Uh, Taves throwing a bit of a hissy fit. He's always been a whiner. <laughs> yeah. I've never really been a fan of him personally. Um, he's always been a bit of a whiner. Um, but uh, they, they've been quoted as saying, well, we weren't, we, this is a direction we weren't aware that the team was going and we were never consulted. Um, uh ultimately upset about losing Corey Crawford and the trade of Brandon Saad. Um, but officially, uh, we'll see how it happens. Um, officially, um, they are in a rebuild. Uh, the team put out an, a memo saying they want the core guys to buy into the rebuild and help the team through it, um, which is the way to make it faster, go quicker, um, which the only thing I have to say to that is, duh. But, yeah, you're making 11 million bucks. You but, might want to buy into whatever they tell you. Well, here's the thing, too. With that, either shut your mouth, buy in, and help them, or waive your no-move clause so they can clear cap space. Right. They can move you to a team where you can continue to try and win. And good and luck they, getting somebody to pick up those contracts. And, and they can officially rebuild, right? So either waive your no-move, go someplace that you think you can continue to win, but good luck getting somebody to buy on to an $11 million contract or shut your mouth and just be a leader and help the team win. You've won three Stanley cups already. So buy in and help the young kids coming up because if you really care that much about the organization to the point where you, and the city to the point where you don't want to move your, don't want to change your no move clause, then show that you care by helping the young kids so that when you retire, the organization continues on with, a great deal of success after you've gone, after you've left. Yeah. So, so here's the deal. Make up your mind, yeah, basically. Exactly. So, this is this is pretty simple. Brandon Saad and Corey Crawford are not pivotal pieces. They're not going to turn your franchise around. However, their salary dump is going to help you a lot because you've already begun with with Kirby Dak. Uh, they've got they've got Strom and and Alex Nylander in the fold. Alex Debrinket is a proven guy. They're they're long on uh, they're long in the tooth on defense. Duncan Keith and and Seabrook being the two biggest offenders there. But the rebuild is underway. You're going to need cap space more than you need Brandon Saad or Corey Crawford. This is, it's not like they're beginning to tear it all apart. This is a, I'd say they're trending in the right direction right now. And they have five or $6 million in, in cap money to spend yet. There is nothing ever that has ever said you need your star players to approve whatever it is that you do. You make $11 million a year. You, you just nod your head and say, yes, sir. That's all period. You, you don't get to complain about it. You certainly don't get to go public complaining about it. And let, if you want to talk about it, go to the GM. Show a little bit of respect for the people that are going to pay you $100 million over a period of your practical career. That's ridiculous. There's no excuse for it. And it's it's just shameful. And and they're lucky. Nobody's going to pick up those contracts. You could you could get all you could start stomping your feet and throw a fit and say I'm going to waive my no move clause. Well, good luck in 2020 or 21 getting somebody to pick up 
an old guy like Brent Seabrook or Duncan Keith for what they make, or even a guy who's still got a lot of value left at 31 or 32, like Kane or Taves, for that 10 or $11 million hit that they have. Yep. It's not going to happen. Yep. Shut up and go play. If you're so good, go out and play. Let the GM manage, and you go play. Yep. That's how it works. Agreed. So, anyways, they lost... <laughs> they- <laughs> Sometimes I, I get a little lost. Yes. Anyway, they lost uh, Joseph Cramarosa, who signed in Minnesota, Corey Crawford, New Jersey, Brandon Saad traded, uh, Anton Whedon, or Whedon uh, signed in Sweden, Ian McCaution in Minnesota, and Jacob Nielsen in Sweden. They added, uh, added, re-signed Dominic Kubelik, re-signed Malcolm Subban, um, brought in Matthias Janmark, uh, Lucas Walmark, um, and brought in uh, through trade and then re-signed Nikita Zadorov. That's all. I like the Zadorov pickup. Nobody else is really uh, much of a game breaker there. You know, you're just you look at down look down that roster and you see the Kubelik kid who is a genuine star. You see. Uh, like we talked about, Kane and Taves are good are good pieces to build around, as good as anybody in the league. Then you add DeBrinket and and uh, Kirby Dak, along with the depth guys like Strom and Nylander. That's a pretty good offensive unit. They needed a little bit of muscle on defense, and they I'd say they did well picking up uh, picking up Zadorov. Now they really need to go out and find themselves an NHL goaltender, and. I don't know because with Corey Crawford gone, who's the, they're basically saying they're going to rely on Malcolm Subban. That's that's not going to bode well for your rebuild unless you're looking for a number one pick, or uh, uh, or the the other uh, the other guy Delia Delia. Yeah. Um, so those, as far as I've heard, those are their two guys they're relying on this year. So Subban and Delia. So the only um, and the with only the other... importance that we put on goaltending. I don't want to say that that's the only hole they have, but that's the biggest one, I think. Oh, it's it's a major hole, and the only real option out there, the only legitimate option out there right now is to see if you could pick up Corey Crawford off the scrap heap. Or Corey Crawford, I'm uh, Corey Schneider. Corey Schneider, Sorry. yeah. Uh, because he's, you know, he's a proven NHLer, had a terrible struggle in New Jersey, but didn't everybody. Yeah. So, you know, he might be real motivated to play. Did they, so, so did they stand pat, win or lose? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say um, I'm gonna say they stood pat compared to what they were trying to do, which was help the rebuild. Yeah. To me, they didn't do a whole lot to help the rebuild because their biggest stuff was just re-signing Kubalik, basically. Um, but they also didn't lose enough to be able to say they were losers of the off season. So I'll say they stood pat. If they. If they try to play, let's say we have a 60-game 60, 60 season or whatever they come up with, if they try to play this season with Malcolm Subban as their starter, they got worse, significantly worse. If Compared they, to D'Elia? Or, I don't or know does where, it matter which one they, they play, I, do you mean? Neither one of them so is if a we're going based off, goaltender. If we're going based off goaltending alone, I'll say they lost the offseason. Yes. Um, if we're going off of everything together, I'll say they stood pat. If they, um, but if they pick up a if they pick up a legitimate starting goaltender, then I would say they stood pat. If they don't, then they they got they got worse. Okay, agreed. Uh, Colorado, uh, Colorado lost um, AJ Greer uh, with a trade with the Islanders. 
um, lost Mark Alt in free agency. He signed in L.A. Uh, Vladislav Nemesnikov signed in Detroit. Matt Nieto signed in San Jose. Uh, I don't I don't like losing him. He was no. a, he was a good bottom six, um, but such is the business. Anyways, uh, Nikita Zadorov uh, trade with Chicago. Anton Lindholm trade with Chicago. Uh, Vlad Kamenev uh, signed in the KHL. Um, Mark Barbario signed in Switzerland. Um, and Antoine Bebeau in Carolina, and what I read this morning, uh, Michael Hutchison in Toronto. The Michael Hutchison resigned in Toronto. Right. Yep. They brought in, but they they brought in Sheldon Dries resigned. Yeah. Which is which is a good resigning. He's a tremendous guy who can slot in in the fourth line if he's called up, and he's a tremendous leader uh, in Loveland. Uh, they brought in uh, Mika Salamaki. Uh, for, with Nat from Nashville, uh, they brought in Kiefer Sherwood, uh, Mike Vecchione, um, re-signed Andre Burakovsky, which is huge. Um, re-signed Jason Megna, re-signed Nachushkin. Uh, I like that. Re-signed Ryan Graves. Gotta uh, do that. Picked up Devin Taves and re-signed him uh, from the Islanders. Uh, picked up Brandon Saad with a, in a trade from Chicago. Um, re-signed Tyson Jost. Um, re-signed Hunter Miska. Um, and they made a um, a re-signing this morning that I'm drawing a blank on. I'll have to look it up while we discuss. Devin here, Taves is a huge, huge oh, pickup. Kyle Burrows. Yeah, in, I saw in, in the trade they made with AJ Greer right. from the Islanders, um, they've re-signed him to a one-year deal. So right. Um, and Burrows is yet to really play in the NHL. To but he's to a tremendous degree. leader depth-wise. Yeah, and he's a tremendous leader. In Lo- he'll be a well, tremendous leader in level, and he's the captain for the AHL team. With the Islanders. You'll so. never notice the loss of Matt Nieto as long as Brandon Saad plays well because he is he's Matt Nieto with 15 more goals. Okay. He, he's uh, he, he's going to be a huge piece up front and the Taves signing on in back, especially at four years, wow. You, you didn't think that their defense could get any better and they did. So, geez, I love it. And, and I, I believe that they fully got better. To me, a, to me, Colorado, to me, Colorado is an off-season winner. Yep, to me, they are. They are, um, they are indeed. Columbus, Columbus uh, lost Josh Anderson to a trade with Montreal. Lost uh, Calvin Turkoff, uh, Turkoff. However, uh, forgive me for that last name. Uh, to, in Switzerland, uh, Lucas Sedlak signed in the KHL. Dylan Simpson in the AHL. Marco Dano signed in Slovakia. And uh, Jacob Lilia signed in the KHL. Um, they added, they brought in uh, Gavin Bayreuther, Miko Koivu, uh, Max Domi is a is a big ad, um, and they re-signed Gabriel Carlson. Um, again, to me, Columbus stood pat. Yeah, they they didn't to keep things it. moving here. I'll just say they, they stood did. pat. Yep. I, I love Josh Anderson, but at that at that price, he's got to prove he's healthy. Max Domi's going to get a, a better shot. He was not going to play for Claude Julien. He just wasn't going to get the time. He was going to be a, a fourth-line center. So, yeah, stood pat in Columbus. Yep. Uh, Dallas. Dallas, uh, coming off a Stanley Cup final appearance, lost uh, Matthias Janmark to Chicago, uh, G- uh, Gavin Bayreuther to Columbus, Martin Hansel, uh, Retired. Uh, retired from the NHL, but he went to the Czech Republic. Um, Ola Palve, if I'm saying the name right, uh, went to Switzerland. And Reese Scarlett went to the KHL. They uh, Again, benefit to them. No big-name losses Not there. Not at all. Um, but they did re-sign Anton Hudobin. 
Um, they brought in Mar- Mark Pisic. Uh, Radic, Radic Foxer resigned. Joel Le Esperance uh, resigned. De- uh, Dennis Gurianov resigned. Uh, Landon Bow resigned. Again, and again, to me, they stood pat because, yep. again, there's no big additions. Everything no there, aside from, from Mark Parsik, was not really an ad. They just re-signed. No significant so, change. We don't know yet what Corey Perry's going to do. So uh, to me, they to me they stood pat. Yep. Uh, Detroit. Uh, Detroit, as far as my list, no big subtractions. No. As, and not, not just big, not just <laughs> they, big subtractions. They didn't have anything to lose. Well, not just, well, not just big subtractions. My subtractions list here is empty, which means they, as far as I'm aware, they didn't really lose anybody. Mantha um, is restricted free agent who is not re-signed yet, but he's restricted, so he's yeah. not going anywhere. Uh, so they didn't lose anybody, let no. alone a big name. They added Bobby Ryan. Uh, they added John Merrill, uh, Riley Barber, uh, Kyle Criscuolo, Kevin Boyle, Thomas Grice, Troy Stetcher. And Vladislav Nemesnikov. So based on just based on the the two lists, I'm going to say Detroit's a winner of the offseason just because they added some more depth pieces and more um, scoring touch. If Bobby Ryan uh, now through sobriety and things can find his game a little bit, uh, Vlad Nemesnikov has proven that he can be a good depth bottom six guy. Troy Stetcher is sturdy He's a as a defenseman. Everyday uh, NHL. Thomas Grice is a serviceable uh, backup. Uh, if that's the route you go, um, so to me they're a winner of the off season. Um, they, maybe not yeah. a maybe not a a big winner, um, mm-hmm. but to me they're a winner. They got yeah. I would say this about that. I, like I like the addition of Stetcher. Uh, I like generally what they did. They're not going to suck as bad, but that's not exactly you know pray, the praise you're looking for. I think what they've done here, what it looks like they've done is that they know that the big the big changes in their roster may be still three or four years away. So they added some stop gaps. Yep. Grice and guys like that. They're just they added some mediocrity, but true, mediocrity a lot of their is an improvement were, in Detroit. A lot of right their now. additions were one year contracts. Now yeah. part of that's the flat cap, but also part of that is again, um, at this point in his career, Bobby Ryan is not a guy you want to sign for eight for six years. No. So um, and count you, me among sign, the people who like them, Bobby Ryan. Yeah, but. I like Bobby Ryan, but sign that guys like that for one, one or two years yeah. until um, some of your draft picks can come in. Correct. So yep. uh, to me, they to me they won the off season based on what we're doing here. Um, uh, did they significantly get better? No, no. Uh, Edmonton, um, they lost Josh Curry to Pittsburgh. Mike Green retired. Uh, Thomas Yurko to Vegas, and Matt Benning to Nashville. Uh, they did add Kyle Turris, um, which may be beneficial. I see him fitting the way he did because he Some fit well. Depth. He fit well in Arizona when he played, mm-hmm. um, and he played he played pretty well in Ottawa. But he fit well with the coach in in Arizona, who's right. the coach in Edmonton. Yep. Right. So um, that that's not a mistake that they brought in Kyle no. Turris. I don't think, um, which means the coaching staff probably liked him. From, oh, for from sure. They saw it's just the, it, it's the, like Henestrosa going it's back. Fi- to, it's fitting going back with Quenville in in hundred percent. So they added Kyle Turris, brought in Anton Forsberg, Alan Quinn, Tyler Ennis resigned, brought in Tyson Berry, which is their big ad, and uh, resigned Mike Smith. Um, I like what they did there. They they still are they're going to have goaltending questions until they don't, but I like what they did. Tyson Berry is a good ad for cheap, and uh, and it's time for. Uh, 
it's time for guys like Darnell Nurse to step up and be a top pair defenseman in this league. So I agree. I, I think they got better. To not, me, not a lot. To me, they, they stood pat just because, again, I look at it from the basis of did you bring in enough to fill the holes depth-wise so that you can have somebody play with McDavid? No. So, like, could could you put, and what I mean by that is could you put McDavid with with dry sidle on a more consistent basis, knowing that you now have a piece that could fill dry sidle slot on the second line. Yeah. Or can you type, make- type of thing? Right. So, and to me, um, Tyler Ennis, isn't that guy. And no. to me, uh, Kyle Turris, isn't that guy. So to me, they stood pat because again, I don't see a bit, maybe not a big superstar ad, but they don't, they didn't have a big ad in terms of, well, now we can trust Product, secondary production because Drysdale and McDavid can be on our top line the way Colorado does it with McKinnon and Rantanen, right? Those two guys can be on the same line because you know that Saad and Landeskog and Burakovsky and these guys are in your second and third lines. Edmonton still doesn't have that. So They don't yet. So now, they you, don't yet, but what I mean based on what we're doing is I, I would say they don't have it yet. So to me, they stood pat until they stood pat until Turis gets his scoring touchback. Until they get Pulleyarvi to act like he's a fourth overall or whatever they spent on him. Uh, until James Neal gets uh, gets his scoring touchback fully. I mean, they they are not better significantly, but they, if and you can't say if because we're talking about the off season right now. So there's yep. no there's no pot- potential doesn't matter. They could be a lot better if some of these guys, especially up front, really catch their stride. Yep. And but, until then, no, they're, yeah. they, you're right. they, they, they stood pat. Um, but what I will say is, while it may not really matter in the off season, what I will say is they stood pat with potential. Yes, that's what I'll say. They yep. have the potential to. They have the potential to. If we come back and address this next off season or halfway through the season, uh, whenever it starts, um, they have the potential for us to come back and say, I changed my mind. They won. Yeah. That's that, to me, to me, that's their potential right there. Right now they stood pat with the potential for us to look back and go, okay, they won. Look, tourist has are, 25 goals. Look, this yeah. or that's happened. Well, okay, cool. Become an NHLer. They are exactly what I was talking about at the beginning of the show. Did they get better? Did they improve their team as much as Colorado, Calgary, Vancouver, even Anaheim and L.A.? Did they improve as much as that? Did they improve as much as Winnipeg? Because those are the guys they're going to have to play every night. So you may have improved over last year compared to yourself, but you didn't get as, you didn't improve as much as everybody that you're going to have to go up against. Yep. Uh, Florida. Florida lost Mark Pysik to Dallas, Dryden Hunt to Arizona, Dominic Toninato went to Winnipeg, and Lucas Excuse me, Lucas Walmark went to Chicago. They added Ratko Gudis, uh, Carter Verhe- Verhehe, Verhehe. Yep. Uh, Ryan Lomberg, um, Alexander Wenberg is a good ad for them, depth-wise, yep. and Vinny Henestrosa. To me, is a good ad when you kind of like Turris and Edmonton when you combine him with, with Quenbo. They didn't lose anything significant. They didn't gain anything Stood pat. Yep. They're, they stood pat. Um, L.A., um, are lost Paul Ledoux to Washington and Joachim Ryan to Carolina. Uh, but they 
added Mark Alt, who's a great uh, AHL depth defenseman leader. Um, he proved that in Colorado. Um, and Troy Grosinick. Um, so to me, to me, uh, there. Um, LA's, LA's another one to me that's a bit of an anomaly uh, based on their draft and based on different things like that. Um, you could argue maybe they're a winner um, based it's, on based on everything else. I'm going to say they stood pat. They didn't they didn't make big changes except, you know, I, I really like Byfield. I don't know if Byfield's going to play this year or not. Who knows what's going to happen? He probably I wouldn't send him back to the OHL based on them having a, a no check policy, but uh, mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't make any significant moves. No. Um. I did like what they said about Byfield, though. Uh, Constantino, um, he's he's really good. I like him um, with yeah, his. Yeah, he knows his stuff. He knows his stuff, and he said he said something pretty accurate. He said what um, Byfield needs is a longer stick. Oh gosh, a yeah. kid that tall, being bent over like that, he loses some stride, and he loses things like that. Well, if, he loses vision. He loses one. vision. He loses stride. He loses an impact with reach and with everything like that, having that small of a stick. Uh, So he said something that I liked. He said, give the kid a bigger stick. And you could argue he's probably the steal of the draft compared to not steal the draft in the way we're, we're used to, um, but steal the draft in terms of you might look at him and go, "Hmm, maybe he should have gone number one. If you give him a bigger stick, right? It's it's another one of those kind of like um, Edmonton. It's another one of those where if. where it's a potential thing mm-hmm. where we could look back and go oh wow right in six months or a year or five years and go oh wow he look at him or oh wow what a bust and it, it's weird to say that just simply on size of stick but no but it, it, and that's that's not it, that might be overstating it but when you have to play against Giordano and Nurse and and guys like that every night you know, there are some, there's not a league full of big hitters. There's no Scott Stevens left in the league anymore, but you got to be careful. I mean, because you're, you've now got your head down. Like you said, it takes away stride and it takes away vision and he's going to, but as much as he needs to skate more upright with a longer stick, it, it is a really difficult move to go from a short stick, especially when you're used to handling a puck in tight areas to a longer one. That's a that'll get, that'll be difficult for him. But right now he's got plenty of time to make the adjustment. Yep, no, agreed. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota lost uh, Sam Anas to St. Louis, uh, Miko Koivu to Columbus. Uh, they added Cam Talbot, re-signed Jordan Greenway, uh, re-signed Capo Kakinen, uh, brought in Joseph Cramarosa, and brought in Dakota Mermis. Um, they, I'll tell you how they got better. They are tearing that, Bill Guerin is tearing that franchise apart to rebuild it. And if I would love to have their number one pick in this come uh, in the next draft because they're going to be right at the bottom of the league, which is where they have to go. They were one of those teams, we talked about them a couple of times. There are some teams that were just at equilibrium. They were in a terrible draft position, but they weren't competitive. And that's Minnesota. And, they, and so what they had to do is decide to just Which direction suck. they were going to go. Yeah, and they've done that. They pulled the plug, and now they're going to rebuild it from the bottom up. So five years from now, we'll talk about Minnesota. Probably not until then. Yeah, which again, unlike, again, like they at least made a decision. They brought in a guy like Garen who made a decision. Made the decision. Uh, the 
and Bowman's not horrible in Chicago, but the problem is, is you're still trying to placate to your, to your guys like Taves. The problem is, is what you need to do if you're Bowman or anybody else is you need to just make the decision. Are you going to do what Colorado did for a while and just paper over things to try and get by? Or are you going to make the hard decision and just pull the plug the way Garen's done in Minnesota? Uh, which I think, again, not to go backwards here, but I think it's what Chicago needs to do. For, I, force, force something with your stars to either waive their no-move clause or do something like that. But you've got to, to me in Chicago, to me Chicago is still, and anything's possible, they competed last year. They yep. showed that they were competitive enough, so when they threw in that, and it was good hockey, but when they threw in that ridiculous 24-team aspect, they were <laughs> they were at least there to play. Yep. But um, in terms of competitive, they're not there, and I don't think they're going to be there for a few years. And so to me, you're, all you're doing is prolonging things the longer you don't make a decision on what way you're going to go. And for a while, Minnesota didn't do that. And now Bill Guerin has. And so based on that, based on a decision being made, to me, Minnesota's a winner of the offseason because they've at least picked a direction. Yeah, I, that's um, what I mean. That and, and you, I said Chicago stood pat. To go back uh, based on that, I'll say, uh, depending on how you look at it, they stood pat. But to me, they're losers just on the basis of not picking a direction. They can put out letters to fans all they want but until you pick a direction pick an identity some for a while colorado didn't have an identity or a direction and look how well that worked out until you do that you're not going to see progress so you got to do something when you get stuck with the 20th pick every year you're you're going to be in you're going to be stuck in in quicksand for until you don't or you have to draft so well and scout so well that you're finding guys at the bottom of the first, second, third, fourth rounds that can really make a difference, that can step in and become the, the Jamie Benz. But until then, if you're, that, if you're at that point, you need to sell off assets. Don't stick yourself with no-move clauses and start the rebuild. Yep, agreed. Montreal. Uh, Got Mont- hugely better. <laughs> hugely better. Montreal uh, lost Keith Kincaid to the Rangers, uh, lost Domi in a trade to Columbus, um, but they did add uh, Brandon Baddock, uh, brought in Josh Anderson, uh, trade with Columbus, um, and then re-signed him long-term. Yep. Uh, they brought they re-signed Victor Mete um, and re-signed Xavier Ouellette. Um, you jumped right on it. So they were, got tremendously better. Yes. Um, well, they got Edmondson too. Ed, Joel Edmondson. Yeah. And, uh, so they, yeah, they, they were, they were really good on defense. They became as good as anyone on defense in the off season. And if Josh Anderson stays healthy and let's just say for the sake of argument that he is, that's, they made that team so much better. Like, I, I can. I think it's going to be okay as a Maple Leaf fan. It's going to be okay to start hating them again because they really. Do you think they'll compete? Oh my goodness! Yeah. Well, they signed to Foley too. They brought in to Foley and, yeah. and Anderson, so they they got about twice as big up front to surround those guys like uh, Kotkaniemi and Suzuki, and Druan and Tatar. Like those guys are all, all the guys I just mentioned. They just got three inches taller and forty pounds heavier. Instantly, when Toffoli and Anderson came in, and now you got Weber, Petrie, Edmondson, Sherratt, Brett Kulak, the Romanoff kid is going to step in and play, and they re-signed Victor Mete. And by the way, they have as good of a goaltending tandem as anybody in the league. So, 
as much as I don't like hyperbole, this team could be, even if even if guys like, say, Ryan Paling can't crack the lineup, uh, I don't know, pick somebody else that's uh, that's they, floating they around. Have Nick Suzuki, who had a break, who kind of Bro- broke out a little bit during the postseason and, and things like had that. had a great go. Uh, they, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Xavier Ouellette can play. Uh, who knows? But... This is a team, Noah Juleson. I've been waiting for Noah Juleson for two years to step in on the, uh, this is a really good team all of a sudden. Like they they went from yikes to, holy crap, I don't want to play these guys anymore. So, so this is a good they're, team. They're winners. They, you know, big time, maybe maybe the biggest winner, uh, Montreal and Ottawa, and we'll get to Ottawa, probably as big of winners uh, in the offseason as there is. And... Look for Montreal, all things being equal and health and all that. Look for Montreal at the top of the East, at the very top of the East next year. So they're winners. Yep. Uh, Nashville. Uh, see, Nashville to me is another one kind of like Chicago. Stuck. Uh, they, they're stuck, and not just stuck, but it, they have a GM who can't really make up his mind what, what direction they want to go. Um, they were really, our, really good our, for our a opinion, long time. They were, but our my personal opinion about Matt Duchesne aside, um, a guy like Duchesne at 29 years old, that long term of a contract to for him and the team to have a year that they had um, and things like that, and now going into the offseason with so many questions, to me that was a bad signing to the point where now there's rumors that he's even being shopped again, Duchesne. Oh, so yeah. um, to me they're a team that, um, before we get into it, I'm going to say they stood pat. Yeah. Um, but they're, they're a team that, that are losers on the basis that they didn't make – a decision what direction they they're going to be go. stuck in the middle middle um, of the pack for the foreseeable future the biggest thing um, is that poil needs to come out and make the decision to blow it up that's really the only direction you can go kind of like chicago um because again kind of like chicago and those teams you can do things to do the rebuild in process and in product right, right? but yeah. at the end of the day those that's a slow way to do it when teams do it in a tear down rebuild quick way so while you do it like that teams are doing it quicker and so you're being passed anyway exactly. so you may as well just tear it down and rebuild and they're not going to compete because re- with the teams in the west based on what they've been doing because they brought in duchene because kind of kind of like taylor hall and buffalo they thought duchene would be the catalyst the to push them to over Ryan johansson to push Philip them over and, yeah. it, and it didn't work out didn't that work. way no. and so to me, they're losers of the, the offseason if at the most stood pat because they just can't seem to make up their mind which direction they want to go, and they're kind of stuck. Yep. So they, they lost Colin Blackwell to the Rangers. They lost Daniel Carr to Washington, Frederick Frederick, uh, Frederick Goudreau to Pittsburgh, Troy Grosnick to L.A., Craig Smith to Boston. Uh, they added Mark Borietsky. Yep, Mark Borieki, uh, Nick Cousins, Matt Benning, Brad Richardson's a good a good ad. Um, but to me, they stood pat, if not uh, lost the offseason. They here. added a little bit of depth, but depth is you know if you're really good, and you add a, a couple of second and third liners, see see the Tampa Bay Lightning. You add a couple of Barkley Goudreaux, and all of a sudden you've got a really good team that wins a Stanley Cup. Nashville has not been at that point. So the depth that they added is not enough until Johansson, Duchesne, Forsberg, Arvidsson start to light it up the way $8 million guys are supposed to. Agreed. So no, they, they stood pat. 
Agreed. New Jersey lost Kevin Rooney uh, to New York, Brandon Baddock to Montreal, Dakota Mermis to Minnesota, John Hayden to Arizona. They added Corey Crawford um, as well as Scott Wedgwood. Uh, I, I can't figure out what they're doing. No. I, I just don't see it. No. I don't think they've drafted well. I'm not a, I'm not a Heashier fan. Uh, I think they're too small and too disorganized. That's uh, This is another one of those teams that stinks but isn't really admitting to a full rebuild. And they've not drafted or or done any rebuilding, so I can't. I don't like them at all. Well, to and me, they're, they're a team that they're to me they're a team. Unlike Ottawa this year, for example, that the past few years have done a lot of a lot of moving and a lot of things, but none of it's really done anything. So it's almost just like papering over things and just doing it to look busy. Yeah, there's really well, no. Well, they got rid of Ray Shiro too. Yeah, didn't they? there's really no. There's really no. Uh, meaningful stuff going on. It's just, it's sleight of hand stuff where here I am just being really, really busy. So you can say we're doing things, yeah. but then nothing gets, nothing I, changes. Here's and, what I don't like about being New Jersey. Every night, and this is a team that didn't do anything significant in the off season, trading, uh, shipping out Schneider and bringing in Crawford. Ho-hum. Every night, these guys have to play Washington, Pittsburgh, the Flyers, Toronto, Montreal, Columbus, Tampa, the Rangers, the Islanders. This is a team that is going to flunk completely out of the Eastern Conference. And you can probably say the same thing for Detroit. Uh, they are, yikes, would I not want to be there. Yeah. Uh, New York Islanders, uh, Christopher Gibson uh, went to Tampa. These are subtractions. Thomas Grice to Detroit. They lost Devin Taves in a trade to Colorado. Um, as well as Kyle Burroughs in a trade to Colorado. They added uh, Austin Zarnick uh, and re-signed Grant Hutton. Um, I don't know. To me, they're, to me, it's hard to say they're losers um, or even that they stood pat because they've got Barry Trotz. They got Matthew Barzal. They got Anders Lee. They've, um, they've got what seems to be so far revitalized Semyon Varlamov in net. Um, a team, they're a team that can push it and can compete. Um, if we're going off of winners and losers based on the off season, I'll say they stood pat. They stood pat. They they didn't. Now Taves, I, I'm a big fan of Devin Taves. I don't think he is enough of a loss with the rest of that defense to make them all of a sudden worse. Yeah. But yeah, like they need to. They're going to need to make sure that somebody can can step into that spot because he was a top four guy. Yep. And I don't believe that Thomas Hickey has proven in 10 years that he is. So they're going to, they must be counting on somebody else. Yep. New York Rangers, uh, Jesper Faust oh. went to Carolina. Greg McKegg went to Boston. Vinny uh, Lettieri went to Anaheim. Danny O'Regan went to Vegas. Uh, they added Alexi Lafreniere, first overall draft pick. Don't get me started on New York even having the first overall pick, yep. but I digress. Um, they re signed <laughs> Brandon Crawley, uh, re signed uh, Philip Giuseppe. Philip DiGiuseppe, uh, brought in Jack Johnson, ooh boy, um, brought in Kevin Rooney, uh, Anthony Bittetto, uh, Keith Kincaid, Colin Blackwell, Anthony Greco, Johnny Brodzinski. They, they got way better based on Lafreniere by himself. Uh, they also drafted, and they did, this isn't going to matter for this year because he's probably a couple years away, and this is a kid that I wanted something horrible is Will Cooley. 
out of the OHL. He is going to be, if he develops, he's going to look a lot like Josh Anderson in two or three, four years. Love this kid. Lafreniere is going to step in this year and be a star. They got better based on that alone. I, I really like what they've done there, and they're going to be another one that it's, uh, you're going to you're going to absolutely hate playing them now with the depth around Kako and Butchnevich, and you've got Zvenijad who is a who's a bona fide star, and they're getting good mileage out of Philip Cheadle and and Brett Howden, guys like that. Yeah, they're they're going to be they're going to be real good. I love uh, D'Angelo in the back. He and, and Jack Johnson now will let other guys like Adam Fox and Truba play where they belong. So I, I like what the Rangers have done. They got better, yep. for sure. Uh, to me, now let's move to the team that to me is number one winner of the offseason, the Ottawa Senators. Yeah. Now, to me, they were the number one winners of the offseason simply based on what they did in the draft. Oh, and by the way, one other thing I needed to mention, Rangers have $11 million in cap space left. So winners yeah anyway Ottawa. Uh, to me ottawa won um oh. not only the, not only the offseason in general they're the number one winners but they to me they would have been the number one winners on what they did at the draft alone not only their draft picks but trading up and down and things like that they're the big winners on the draft alone um but what they did in free agency as well they lost mark boriecki Yep. Um, to Nashville, but that's their big subtra- subtraction. They brought in um, Alex Galchenyuk. Uh, they brought in um, R- Matt Murray, who they then re-signed. Love that uh, signing. Who's a big, who can now come in and be your number one. Yep. Uh, they um, Matthew Pekka, Logan Shaw, Matt Murray. They brought in Evgeny Dadanoff. Um, Good Branson. Good Branson. They they've done so, they've done tremendous things in Ottawa. And Ottawa, to me, in comparison. If I'm going to make a comparison here, they've they've carbon copied what Joe Sack did with Colorado exactly. here, and they've done tremendous thing, compiling draft picks, bringing in certain free agents, re-signing your core players, you know, making a trade for a, for a goaltender, you know, doing these things. Yep. They, they tremendous things. And Ottawa, to me, is the big winner of the offseason. and to me. You you said Montreal, I'm I'm gonna say Ottawa. You're gonna see near the top of the Eastern Conference. They're they may not be ready right away, but think about this roster. You got now Brady Kachuk and Josh Norris. You got Galchenyuk for practically nothing. You've got a little bit of grit here with Austin Watson and Connor Brown. You've got a veteran in Anisimov, a proven scorer in Dadanov. You've got kids like Batherson. You've got uh, Logan Brown, who's yet to break through. You've got, uh, they signed Eric Branson. Thomas Shabbat is a stud on defense that they've got locked up for a long time. They are, should be solid in goal. This is a team that, you're right, and, and we're, not even, we're not even too uh, like Alex Formanton, yep. who needs to crack this lineup. They, and, and Eric Branstrom, the, the young defenseman, 21 years old. Like Max LaJoy. These guys are going to be just irritatingly good. I'm going to say in two years, they're going to be really good. But yeah, for now, I agree with you 100%. They, they improved as much as anybody in the draft playoff team. Maybe not. But in a couple of years, yikes. Yep. Uh, Philadelphia. 
Philadelphia lost, uh, they stood pat. They lost Derek Grant to Anaheim, Tyler Pitlick to Arizona, Nate Thompson went to Winnipeg, Andrew Walensky went to Anaheim. Uh, they added Derek Pouliot and Eric Gustafson. One of the big ads there. Derek Pouliot was a great junior player, had a lot of potential, reminded me of a guy like Derek, uh, like uh, Shea Theodore, but he never quite, he couldn't, he couldn't stay healthy. A couple of really bad shoulder injuries and he missed a lot of time and he just lost his way. If he if he regains his his stride, uh, he could be he could make a big difference on their blue line. I like the Flyers. I liked them going in. I think they've got a lot of pieces to compete in the East, like we talked about before uh, at the beginning of last year. But they didn't do anything significant and probably didn't need to. No, uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh uh, lost Patrick Marlowe to San Jose. Uh, Justin Schultz to Washington. Uh, Riley Barber to Detroit. Uh, they added. Uh, they re-signed Anthony Angelo, re-signed Sam Lafferty, uh, brought back in um, after a trade with Toronto, Evan Rodriguez, uh, Mark Jankowski, Josh Curry, Frederick Gaudreau, uh, Max, Maxime Legacy um, are their additions. Um, I like I like actually Freddie Gaudreau and uh, who, I'm not looking at the, uh, who did they bring in? Who was the other forward they brought Evan in? Evan Rodriguez. Uh, between those. Mark Jankowski. Jankowski. Jankowski is one of those potential guys that I'm, I keep waiting for. Yeah. Uh, the other addition that I really like that they brought in that I think was really necessary on this team is Mike Matheson from Florida. Correct. Because Correct. he is a big, nasty, bruising guy. He's a veteran. He's 26. He, he uh, is something that that blue line needed. You're not going to get that kind of play out of Cody Cece. Yeah. But in, in Pittsburgh, CeCe will be a, a, a third-pair guy. I, you know, it's still a good team. And until until uh, they prove otherwise, this is a this is a playoff team with a lot of veterans. Yep. So, uh, stood pat, yes. Stood pat, yep. Uh, San Jose. Uh, San Jose lost uh, Johnny Brodzinski, uh, Brandon Davidson to Buffalo, Aaron Dell to Toronto, Anthony Greco to the Rangers. Uh, you could say it's a loss, even though it was, we kind of already knew it was a loss. Uh, Joe Thornton went to Toronto, um, but they added Patrick Marlowe. They added uh, Kevin LeBanc. They re-signed Kevin LeBanc, re-signed uh, Stefan Nosen, uh, and Matt Nieto. Brought in Matt Nieto. Um, no significant changes there. No. I, I just don't see it. And is I, that enough to say they stood pat, or that did they lose? They they probably lost because if you stand still while everybody else around you gets significantly better, and that Western Conference really did, both of them did. Now you you got to play guys. You got to play somebody every night that just got significantly better than you did. So I can't. This is another team that has been really good for a really long time. Hats off to Doug Wilson, but. This is there. They find themselves in Minnesota territory now. We didn't win a cup. We had superstars. We brought in some young guys. You know, Eric Carlson, Brent Burns, Thornton, Marlowe, uh, um, Couture, Evander yep. Kane, all that stuff. On and on down the line. Never got the job done. They were real good, like Nashville. Now they're going to pay a price for it. Hey, credit to them though. Uh, shout out to them. Credit to them for. Um, the use of sign language for their draft pick in the yeah, first round. Very classy uh, move. That's uh, that's the family that we saw in that Sportsnet feature. That's right. Um, with the de- with the Weisblatt, yeah, with the um, f- four or five elite hockey player brothers. Yes, and um, a deaf mom 
And, deaf mom, single mom, eh? Uh, she wasn't when they were born, but the dad left. Right. Uh, so she became a single mom, and she's deaf. Uh, the kids are fluent in sign language, and for um, Doug Wilson Jr., the, yeah. the son, to use sign language so mom could could understand who was, that her son was being drafted. Tremendous, tremendous stuff there. I, I really... Appreciate. I like the heartwarming story stuff yeah, that, like that, and that that was cool to that see. That was a great classy move. Doug Wilson's a class guy, and and he rode this thing as long as he could. It's time to rebuild in San Jose, but uh, that that first round pick or not, he wasn't a first rounder, was he? He was. Yeah, he was. Okay, he was one of the last was, picks in the first that's round. Right. Late first round guy that bring a tear to a glass eye. Yeah. So that was that was that was cool to see. Um, St. Louis um, stood pat. Well, Stood pat. They lost Alex Petrangelo to Vegas, Mike Vecchione to Colorado, Andreas Borgman to Tampa Bay, uh, Derek Pouliot to Philly. But they added John Gillies, uh, Tory Krug's a big one, Steve Santini, uh, Curtis McKenzie, Sam Anas, and Kyle Clifford. You know, to I'm, me, they stood pat though because Tory Krug is basically a replacement for Alex Petrangelo, right? Um, and Kyle Clifford, um, good, good depth, grit add. Um, but it doesn't really change anything because they already had a bit of that size and grit, which is the reason why you you would argue they won the Stanley Cup, correct? Right. So if they already had it, then you're adding something they already had. So to me, they stood pat. Yeah. To me, they're I, not a winner or a loser. Um, all they did was just prove that you know what, they're still a competitor in the West. Is really all they are. They uh, and they're they're going to be just as good. They're they're. Uh, equal to where they were last year, which is good, very good. But, and if you can say that somebody lost Alex Petrangelo and stood pat, didn't suffer for it, then hey, good on you. The the one that that I didn't like seeing go, believe it or not, more than Petrangelo was Edmondson. He's a cheap guy, second or third pair guy, but, you know, really he and Vince Dunn made that defense uh, as strong as they were. Yep. Uh, another team that to me stood pat as a team that will still compete, um, especially because they won uh, Tampa Bay. Uh, yep. They lost Zach Bogosian to Toronto, Kevin Shattenkirk to Anaheim, Scott Wedgwood to New Jersey, uh, Carter Vrehehe to Florida. Uh, but they added Andreas Borgman, Chris Gibson, re-signed Ben Thomas, re-signed Ross Colton. So again, nothing major added. Um the biggest piece, probably the two biggest pieces um, that they lost, being Shattenkirk and Bogosian. Um, but to me, they're still a top team in the East, competitive-wise. So oh, to me, they're going to continue. Um, they didn't lose anything, uh, even in Shattenkirk. They didn't lose anything that that can't be generally replaced by, uh, you know, an Eric Chernak. Um, Sergachev is coming into his own. Anthony Sorelli is a genius. They've got. They've got a lot of great pieces there, and I don't think they lost a thing. No. Uh, Toronto. I'm going to let you here talk about Toronto <laughs> while I grab my computer charger so that this doesn't die. I made a recording for us here, but um, real quick before I do that, um, they lost Tyson Berry to Edmonton, Kyle Clifford to St. Louis, Miko Salamaki to Colorado. So I was wrong when I mentioned him before. He didn't come from Nashville. He came from Toronto. Oh, yeah. Uh, Evan Rodriguez going back to Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. Uh, they added TJ Brody. They added Aaron Dell, Wayne Simmons, Zach Bogosian, Jimmy Vesey, and Travis Boyd. Uh, to me, they're a, they're a winner in the offseason. Um, but I will let, since they're your boys, they're your team, I'll let you talk about them for a minute while I go grab my computer charger so we don't lose all, all our progress here. 
All right. Well, this is a pretty easy one for me. They got way better. They they absolutely are one of the two or three teams that won the offseason in a big way. Unfortunately, they're going to be playing Montreal and Ottawa every other night, which are, which are at the top of the Eastern Conference for changes. And then you throw in Tampa and Washington and, and the Rangers and everybody else. It's going to be tough sledding. But they got better. They needed to get bigger. They needed to get way tougher. Adding Simmons, adding Thornton, re-signing Jason Spezza, uh, adding T.J. Brody on the right side of that top pair. Uh, now this is a they have and and Zach Bogosian. I I was complaining about him before we went off the air uh, a few weeks ago. That why in the world as a as a waiver wire pickup. Why would you not pick up Zach Bogosian? And what did he do? He went to Tampa and won the Stanley Cup and played every night. So now with Bogosian on the right side, with with TJ Brody on the right side, uh, it takes it takes away the need for Justin Hall to be playing top minutes or Jake Muzzin uh, or the new kids like Sandine. And now Travis Dermott can slot into where he belongs. I love Jack Campbell as a backup goaltender. I think this is a legitimate contender. I, they are, and you know I love to complain about these guys. What but you I love think to do about Toronto, legitimate com- contender. Now. What, what you love to do about Toronto is before a season really gets too far in, tape off the parade route when they win a couple in a row. <laughs> um, yeah. What I will give you credit for this year so far is that when you say they're a, a contender, there's some credibility there with the things that they've done. Yes. Um, so. Credit to them. Uh, what they like to do too is they like to make it. They like to trade a guy and then pick him back up in the, the off season. Um, <laughs> they did that with Hutchison this year. Yep. Uh, they did that last year uh, with that defenseman that they traded to Colorado um, and brought back uh, the young the young defenseman. And I'm drawing a blank on his name, but um, so they they like to do that. Trade him and then resign him. Kelly in the Rosen. Off, Kelly Rosen. Yeah. And then re- resign him in the off season, but. Um, and you were complaining about them during the draft, but what I what I like um, that they've done is through free agency, and they brought in some pieces to not only add some size but also some grit and kind of complement their top line a little bit um, because th- that's what they needed. Their top line has over a third of the entire cap, yeah, just in the top three players. So what they needed was some of that complimentary stuff and i think uh i think i think they've still got a little ways to go with it but i think it's a start to add guys like simmons and bogosian uh brody on the back end um to me brody's not necessarily a upgrade from tyson berry um he might be though just but based on production he'll be a better fit fit in toronto correct um i think Brody might be a better fit. Yep. Um, I think so. you're going to see, you might see a very significant rebound out of Jimmy VC this year, who's yep. never lived up to his potential. And now he'll be hidden. He'll mm-hmm. be getting third and fourth line minutes. And he's a scary guy on the fourth line. So is Nick Robertson, who may come up and play top line minutes. And VC's got. And you've got Spezza still going. And Zach Hyman's a whiz. And yep. Mikheyev. Yeah. And like, you, you know, VC has some history, but he has some chemistry with Kerfoot, too. They played at Harvard that's together. That's right. And so you could see them on a third line together uh, because they produced well for Harvard. They were two of the stars that led Harvard the past, a few years ago to 
many years in a row of some pretty do- big dominance in the NC2A. So, um, and to see them yeah. on a line together on the same team now could be beneficial there for Toronto to see those two guys um, reignite some chemistry there. So, well, this is a, it's a good off season in this room in the studio in particular because I think Toronto made significant uh, strides, and so did Colorado. So we got to like that. I think, you know, even the Anaheim Ducks got better than they were. So it's been, it's been a pretty good, uh, it's been a pretty good off season when we all get together. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, Vancouver, Vancouver, uh, lost Louis Domingue to Calgary, Jacob Markstrom to Calgary, Chris Tanev to Calgary, uh, Tyler to to Montreal, uh, Troy Stetcher to Detroit. They added Braden Holtby, um, Tyler Mott resigned and Ashton Sautner resigned. Um, again, not a lot of major additions for Vancouver um, compared to what they lost. Uh, I think Troy Stetcher um, isn't a big loss, but I think it's a loss for them. He was a, a good role-playing depth guy on the back end. Um, Holtby, uh, the question for me with Holtby will be, is he Holtby of a few years ago where he can backstop you to or is he Holtby of the past few seasons where a guy like Samsonov had to step in and, and lead the way in Washington? So Maybe to me, for the, for the, to me um, in my opinion, based on the amount of credit we give to goaltending, to me what Holtby does is going to be, um, and they're not bad with Besser and Pedersen and things, but to me um, Holtby is going to be the key deciding factor as to whether they won or lost the offseason. It's going to, he's going to be a big deal. Uh, I'd say with Holtby, you can point to five or six years of real legitimate stardom, and Markstrom has had one. So I'm not as concerned about that swap because they've only got to, uh, they've only got two years in Holtby, and then they presume that the new kid uh, Demko. Demko is going to come along. I'm going to go out on a limb and guess here that for cap reasons. They made to fully expendable because Mike Furland is finally healthy. True. I don't Maybe. know that. I don't know because I'm not on the inside there. But I I want to presume that they're better, but I don't see how you now you you're trading Tanev for Nate Schmidt and you know we we love J, Nate Schmidt. So they stood pat. They stood pat and I'm I'm gonna there's still a team another... on the rise. There's still a team that oh, yeah. that is that is moving f- up and forward and up, not um, forward and down or anything like that. So to me, there's still a team that is ready to compete. Um, but in terms of what they've done in the offseason, they stood pat. You're um, going to see. I, I, I got to say this again. I think I say this every time the Vancouver Canucks come up on this podcast. I'm not going to shed a tear for the Vancouver Canucks until they... Well, it, he's, it's too late now to buy out Louis Erickson because he's 35. You can't buy out a 35-year-old. Like, they're just stuck with this white elephant, and they have been ever since they got him from Dallas. And what in the world they st- kept this $6 million on their payroll for when they could have bought him out and saved some cap room before he got to this age, it's, it's inexcusable. Brandon Sutter will be on the way out uh, to make room for Pedersen and uh, who else do they have to sign? Um, they, you know, they just 
they've got some great young pieces. JT and, Miller's been a revelation for them. So oh yeah. again, to me, they're they're a team on the rise. They're a team that can that can and will still compete. Um, but based on the off season, they stood Still pat bad. with where they are yep. so, rather than um, improve. So yep. um, Vegas, Vegas lost Curtis McKenzie to St. Louis, John Merrill, Detroit, Nick Cousins, Nashville, and they lost Nate Schmidt and a trade in Vancouver. Um, Nate Schmidt to me is a big morale loss. Yeah. He's a great guy in the locker room and, and brings great energy. Um, but they did add Alex Petrangelo. To me, Vegas is a team kind of like Tampa. How are they... You hear rumors all the time that they're in on these big-name players. How they have the cap space to do so is beyond me, especially now in the flat cap. But they brought in Alex Petrangelo. They uh, brought in, they re-signed Thomas Nosek, uh, uh, Thomas Yurko, and Daniel Regan. They're, they lost uh, Stasny, too, right? And Stasny in a trade to, win, to Stasny, Winnipeg. Stasny went to Winnipeg. So they... They probably got worse up front. I don't think they changed much on the back end because I, I just, you know, Petrangelo was not a big-time scorer, good skater, good solid guy, and don't get me wrong about Alex Petrangelo. I, shifting, bringing him in and Nate Schmidt out isn't devastating. No. It, to, me, a, to me, it's, it's, it's a downgrade. The effect it has in the lineup, and again, like you, nothing against Alex Petrangelo, and it's not to say, with all due respect to even Nate Schmidt, that those two are even on the same level in that sense. But the effect they'll have in the lineup, I think, um, isn't that big of a loss, or isn't that, and conversely, isn't that big of a gain, Petrangelo yeah. over Schmidt, or Not Schmidt over huge Petrangelo. Game. So to me, they, to me, Vegas stood pat. They're out of cap space. They're okay right now, but here's, what, here's where they're stuck. They, they got flurry for another couple of years at $7 million. And it's untradeable. He's he's too old to buy out. You're never going to get rid of his salary. The only way to take him off your payroll is to retain some of his salary, and you probably have to retain too much to even make it worthwhile. So now you got twelve million dollars in goaltenders. They're slowly adding. They're slowly adding um, large contracts. Yeah, uh, the way you see. In Toronto, the way you see in certain places, they're slowly adding these contracts to where, or you see in Chicago, where now at some point, what are you going to do? Because they signed Stone, long term big contract. They just signed Petrangelo, long term big contract. What are you going to do with William Carlson? What are you going to do with Riley Smith? Pacioretty. You have Pacioretty, who's going to, who either is or is going to be a long term big contract. You've got, um, even you got Shea Theodore, who's going to be due a huge pay raise. Um, believe it. You get well. He's he's good till twenty six. You got Flurry, so, who's who's a big hit, um, especially for a backup goaltender now. So to me, if they're not already, they're going to be in a position like Chicago, where they're going to move, maybe move a Marsh or so, and maybe move a smaller guy like that. But at the end of the day, what's that going to do unless you get some bigger guys moving their no move clauses? Because Especially during the flat cap years here, you're getting these big, huge things that are right up against the cap, and what do you do with it otherwise? Look at it this way. So let's say uh, Max Max Pacioretty has a modified no trade. It doesn't matter. He's 31. He's a $7 million hit for 20 goals. Mm -hmm. He's not going anywhere with or without. He's got a no-move clause because he... He costs too much for what he produces. And so that's that's a like 
it's yeah. like the guy with the knee injury making eight million bucks. That's a no move clause all by itself. Yeah, and the trade of Stasny might have freed up a little bit of space, but it's not going to do not going to free up enough. They've got too and, many guys, too old, making too much. Yeah. So they are stuck where they are. They're stuck where they they're, are. They're still competitive, that, but but that roster's not changing. But to me, they're a team that like maybe Nashville last year where they're kind of in now in a window where they need to either win it all or right. you're going to or you're going to run into a situation where they'll reach the end of their rope having not won anything 100% be, because of it. So, um they to me to me they stood pat to where they're competitive, but the problem that they're running into too with the big big contracts and no, no move clauses is no move clauses are automatically protected in the expansion draft. Right. So now it's not like you can make a big contract guy can't make available, available. No. to C- to Seattle to clear that cap, help Seattle get to the minimum cap floor, and all that stuff. You're st- stuck with your big contract guys because they have no move clauses. So to me, v- Vegas is in a position where we can debate how many years they have left, but to, but to me, Vegas is in position in the next year or two. They better be lifting the Stanley Cup, or they're gonna they're gonna hit the wall and realize that they didn't win anything, and now they have to blow it up. So, as, as good of a job as McPhee did putting that team together, and it was masterful at the entry at the expansion draft and everything. Uh, he's now what three years in? He's got man, he's got some anchors around his neck. And, we're, uh, and worse it, yet, worse yet too, worse yet cap wise. I completely glossed over this. Forget what I said about their no move clause in the expansion draft because Vegas is exempt from the expansion draft with True. Seattle. Yeah, so they don't lose anybody. That. So it's not even like you can lose two million and and free up two million in cap space no. losing somebody because you're now exempt from the expansion draft. So you don't have to give anybody up. So the only thing you could possibly do here is because of his age, you might be able to buy out William Carlson and save his six million. You, their top five forwards are on. All of them, no moves or no trades. So, you know, you can still buy these guys out because they're 20, you know, the oldest one is Pacioretty. So you could still save, I think, half up into 33 and then none after 35. But you might be able to salvage some some money on, on a buyout basis. But golly, uh, they, they've got Alec Martinez will be off the payroll after this season at $4 million, which will help a lot. No. You've you've got you've got uh, Peyton Krebs coming along. It's going to need a job pretty soon. Yeah, he's an eight hundred thousand dollar guy, but and he signed for three years. But he's gonna he's gonna have to have a spot. So yeah, you got to do a little bit of uh, hocus pocus with that forward group, especially. Yeah, uh, Washington. Uh, Washington lost Gudis to Florida. Racco Gudis, Braden Holpe to Vancouver, Travis Boyd to Toronto. They added um, Henrik Lundqvist. Uh, Justin Schultz, Cameron Schilling, Tra- Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Paul Ledoux, Daniel Carr, and they re-signed Shane Gersich. To me, they they probably, believe it or not, I think they probably improved. think so? I do. Not much. They didn't improve it nearly as much as the Toronto-Montreal Rangers. Ottawa. Uh, yeah, Ottawa in the east. So per uh, per your what you said earlier, they improved, but compared to the improvements of the other teams in the East that you have to play every night in and night out, yeah, it's almost non. Yeah, you might have taken you might have taken a step backward by yeah. by standing still. Yeah. So 
I, I I'll agree with that. I guess they they improved a little bit. Um, not by much though, especially compared to the teams around them. It will depend a hundred percent on Samsonov because I don't think Lundqvist has sixty games in him anymore. He's probably he could be really good for twenty five, but if they if Samsonov either steps in it or gets hurt and you've got to rely on Lundqvist much, I don't think he's got it left. Now they've got some they got some nice guys coming along. They got Connor McMichael, uh, Brett Leeson. They they've got some guys coming that uh, that you know are going to be good players in this league, but right now no they they at, on their best day they they broke even. Agreed. Uh, and we're going to finish this week episode sixty seven of War of the Hockey Podcast. Uh, we are going to finish this week um, off season winners and losers uh, with the Winnipeg Jets, uh, the final team here. Winnipeg uh, lost Anthony Batetto to New York. Uh, to the Rangers, Cody Eakin to Buffalo, Cameron Schilling to Washington, Logan Shaw to Ottawa. Uh, they added, uh, re-signed Nathan Beaulieu, um, re-signed Mason Appleton, re-signed Nelson Nogier, uh, re-signed C.J. Seuss, uh, as well as Luca Spiza, uh, brought in Derek Forbert, Dominic Toninato, and uh, Paul Stasny in a trade with Vegas. Um, I, they, they got better think so because they, they got better because of Stasny because he filled that second line center hole which was a, a significant hole now you've got six legitimate top, uh, top six forwards to two line threat and you've got really good players like Andy Kopp and Adam Lowry and, and uh, Matthew Perot bringing up the last two and Ross Levick is coming along uh, you can put guys now where they belong on yeah. that forward group so in the forward group, they won. Um, there's talk that Line is on the way out trade-wise. Um, so the forward group, they won. Um, defensive group, though, did they win? No, they didn't. And it's not because of what they... It's not because of what they did. It's what they didn't do. Exactly. They're, you know, I like Dylan DeMello. Um, now, and, and re-signing Bolu for, for a million two is a is a good deal. Derek Forbert is going to have to play bigger than he has. So is Neil Pionk and Tucker Poolman. And those guys are going to have to play some top four minutes. Somebody in that bunch is going to have to play top four because it's not Lucas Sabiza. And I don't think they have, you know, they don't have anybody. I don't think Samberg is ready for a while. Vili Heinola uh, at 19, yep. who knows when he'll be ready to go. But I don't think they did nearly enough. So they won on the front end. They lost on the back end. Um, are they winners or losers in net standing pat with Hellebuck? I, think I say they stood pat with Hellebuck because Hellebuck's proven he can be. He's the number one guy there. He's a Vezina Trophy finalist and yeah. winner. He's he's the guy. No mistake there. Based on him alone, you could argue they won on the back end uh, in net. They won on the front end. They lost in the middle per balancing out and averages. Did they win the off season? Pretty much a wash to me. Just a wash. Yeah, I, th- I think I would like to say they got better, but when when I look at that defense core, I'm not convinced. What the and the problem is compounded in Winnipeg because they are out of cap room. Yep. They could not go out and pick up a Travis Hamonic if he if you could get him for a year or two at two and a half, they would have to shed some space somewhere. And I don't know. Do you do that? If what's you know, maybe what's Matthew, Line's contract? He's got one year left at six seven five. 
Okay, so he's still on. He's on RFA. Uh, six hundred at six point seven five. Yep. Okay, so six point seven five million. You, if you were able to trade him for s- prospects and some pieces. Yep. You can then free up near seven million there to maybe sign a Hamannick. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Um, if you can, and then you not only that. You shore up defense a little bit that way, and then you bring in prospects and pieces that way, knowing well that Stasny's there to fill the top six, so you're not losing much there with respect to line A. You're not losing much in the top six forward group, and right there you're automatically you're automatically better now. You, you free up that space. You bring in a Hamannick or somebody on the back end, and with Hellebuck and Nett bringing, bringing back Paul Stasny, you could say, all right, now they are winners of the offseason. Now they are better. Now, do they do that? We'll see. Do they do something like that? We'll see. But to me, in my armchair managing here, to me, that's how you that's how you win the offseason. To me, that's what you do to shore up your defense. Uh, yeah, Correct? there's probably not. They, they don't have a lot of options. And it's not just because teams are out of cap space. It's because just practically everyone is out of cap space. There are more teams underwater right now than teams that have any money to spend. So, right, you know, and, and up front, Jack Roslovic, who is a promising young forward, maybe not top six yet, but a real promising young kid, he's an RFA. So what do you do with him? Like, oh, yeah. So they, they still have to sign him and they're out of money. So I don't know where you look to shed space uh, unless it is to pedal Liney's six million, six and a half. So, yeah, they would love to think they got better, but a lot of things need to happen for them to be better than last year. Uh, real quick to close things out, because uh, we are, uh, I think this is one of the longest episodes we've done <laughs> in a while. We're almost to an hour and 45. Whoa. Um, to close things out, um, er, really, really, really early prediction here. Um, Western Conference winner, not, not off-season the regular season. So who wins the Western conference, who wins the Eastern conference and who is our Vegas style early season prediction of who the cup finalists are going to be. Well, let's let's just throw it out. All right. That's a, that's a fair question because we don't have a lot to talk about until, you know, somebody makes some decisions. Uh, I, I cannot get past Colorado in the West. I, I, Ooh-wee. Eastern Conference, everybody got so much better. I, I'm going to go and take a ridiculous step out on a limb and say Montreal. Montreal. I'm going to say, all right, uh, for Western Conference winner, uh, regular season, I'm going to say Colorado. In the East, I'm going to say New York, on, New York Rangers. Leaves. New York Rangers. Really? Um, all right. Cup. Stanley Cup Finals. I'm going to say Colorado and Pittsburgh. Ooh. Because I think Pittsburgh is still, as long as they've got Crosby, as long as they've got Malkin, as long as they continue to do that, as long as they're healthy, as long as they've got depth, they're a contending team in the East. That's a pretty I, nice pick. I, you to know me, what we to both me it, did? To me, it's between, based on what they showed this season, to me it's between Pittsburgh and Philly in the cup final. I like that. I like Philly. Um, to me, Montreal to got better. Tampa. 
How did we do that? Tampa just won a cup without they did. Steven Stamkos. They did. And neither one of us picked no. him. Um, to me, Montreal got a lot better, uh, kind of like what you said to me about Ottawa. Uh, they got a lot better, but I don't know if they got a, a lot better to be contenders this year. Yeah. Um, but but unlike Ottawa, they got a lot better doing what they needed to do because they still competed. So they now brought in pieces to help them push them up, whereas Ottawa is rebuilding. However, my Montreal prediction is they're better. They're not cup contenders, is I guess yeah. what I'm saying. So um, to me... Um, that's the point of predictions. Go out on a limb. Colorado wins the West and makes the Cup final. Rangers, wild prediction, win the East. And Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh goes maybe, through to the maybe cup. Philly goes yep. through to the Cup final. Uh, you know, you, th- you, those are my picks. I think you, I think you're right on there. We, you're back to teams that are real solid, that are within a crossbar and a couple of good saves or you know a glossed over the islanders too can you could the, the islanders, islanders do the flyers pittsburgh tampa toronto who i still believe is legitimate montreal who is suddenly legitimate like and washington who is not to be overlooked so mike and then throw in the rangers who got way better wow that that eastern conference really made a change Yep. And, and with with the it's going to be interesting too this season um, because there's some rumored uh, nothing confirmed yet rumored division alignments for the yeah. sake of travel and things with yep. co- with COVID uh, an all Canadian thing uh, no longer East versus West type of thing it's now just an all Canadian division type of thing and then three um, divisions in the US. two or three in the in the U S yep. um, with well, how you do it where and everything nothing confirmed there but it'll make it interesting for matchups and rivalries and things like that uh it still doesn't change my predictions uh for winners of the conferences as well as the cup finalists but um a lot to look forward there um before we close out uh local penticton v's are nine and one in the okanagan uh cup um, some things to look forward to f- with them and future drafts. Uh, Finn Williams is a 2021 draft prospect, yep. um, along with a number of them, uh, a number of other players as well. Um, even more Penticton V's just committed to NC2A hockey, uh, Division One. So pretty much, if you look at their roster, almost everybody there is to, is a commit to a <laughs> to a high level hockey in either the WHL or NC2A, um, if not commit to nhl when they're done um so tremendous things there um a lot going on for them there's still um games this past week that were canceled due to um certain covid things um they're still playing though um plan b is there if not in effect don't know if you read about that um where or if i told you where they um if they can't have fans and it's looking like they won't Mm -hmm. um then Players and parents will play will pay fees pay. in order to keep things moving. Um, let's let's spend some time on uh, junior hockey next week because perfect. that's a big deal. It we, is. We've gone on, uh, but that's um, you know the development of players right now is paramount. Yep. Um, a lot to talk about there. A lot to talk about with things like um, no checking in the OHL um, and what the, what the CHL is going to do. Um, NCAA hockey is moving forward with their season. Um, I don't, uh, I think December or so is the 
is the targeted start date for their year, um, playing just in conference, not really, you know, to help with travel. Um, so they're, they're going with or without fans there. One technical note, if we're going to talk much about COVID and, and player development in this vacuum of nonsense, we need to, between now and the next time we record, we need to bring that beep button back. We, we're going to need censorship because I don't think I can get through it otherwise. We'll see if we can find it. If not, we'll, we'll, we'll power through one way or the other. <laughs> okay. um, so I guess in terms of what are we looking forward to in the coming week, uh, we can look forward to that discussion, which should be a good discussion, um, as well as, I guess, in the same discussion, we could go back to... Um, talking about um, developmental youth hockey as well and what that's looking like with everything that's going on right now. Um, I, like here locally, some the some teams aren't even being put on the ice just because of everything, so it's... no hockey there. Um, so there's plenty. the point is there's plenty to talk about next week, which we'll get to. Um, but other than that, unfortunately, like normal, um, until December or January when the season gets started, um, there's not a lot to look forward to in the coming week, like we always talk I'm about. I'm just looking forward to getting back in studio next week, like yep. usual. This is great. Yep. I've missed this. So, um, that being said, um, it's good to be back in studio after our equipment issues and everything. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed the um, Stanley Cup final and the and the playoffs. It was tremendous hockey, even without fans. Um, yeah, that was great. Good. Great I, competitive level, great compete, uh, great energy, everything like that. I um, want to give a shout to the NHL and the PA for pulling that deal off yeah. because they did it without a hitch, without a without a positive test. Uh, everything was exactly according to the plan, and that took an absolute boatload of work. And logistically, that was a that could have been a catastrophe, yep. but to put those two bubbles together and then combine the two and have everything go as smoothly as it did. I know it was a grind for the players, the support staff and all the people that worked in there because they were two months without their families, but man, what a great job they did. Hats off to Daly and Bettman and the PA and everybody for getting that done. Yep. So it's a positive thing to look forward to if you have to do some adjustments in the coming season as well. Yes. So, um, good on them for that so um i hope everybody enjoyed because it, it really was tremendous hockey there was a lot of speculation that it either wouldn't happen or wouldn't make it all the way through um over fear of positive tests there was a lot of speculation that it wouldn't be the same type of hockey without fans and fans do bring a lot of energy um, but the on ice product was still was fantastic as good stellar. as it was good as as good as ever so uh tremendous congrats to the tampa bay lightning on the stanley cup um with <laughs> without Steven Stamkos, by the way. Um, and uh, so, yeah, a lot to look forward to in the coming months uh, moving forward here. Um, unfortunately, not a lot to look forward to for us in the coming week other than just simply being back in studio. Um, but well, now that I we know we're running again, yep. now we can now we can spend some more time on local yep. developmental hockey and get back into our into our groove, which yep. is uh, which is awesome. Agreed. So anyways, uh, that being said, thank you for being back in studio Ooh, with me this week. My pleasure. It was a pleasure. Wow. Um, I'm Evan Rauer with War Room the Hockey Podcast, and I will see you all throughout the hockey community. Cheers. Cheers.